Hey everyone, Ian here in post with a quick note before we get started. At the end of our interview, I mention our next interview, but due to a very physically and mentally exhausting weekend, I had forgotten to write any of the relevant information down. So, our next interview will be on Friday, June 10th at 9pm Eastern Time with John from Valiant Fox Gaming, coming on to talk about his 5e setting, Fading Embers. We're really excited to talk with him, and I apologize to John for my oversight and for getting to write all of that down. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Undercommon Taste. This is a podcast where we create and discuss homebrew content for tabletop RPGs. We are writing on a mammoth post-apocalyptic. <laughs> I'm Ian Woodworth. I'm joined by my co-host James Daly. And today we have a very special guest with us. Original fan of the show. The author and performer of our intro music. Yeah. The one, the only, Dr. Mary C. Kroll. Mary, Yay. welcome to Undercommon Taste. Thank you. I feel a cloud over me. Are those zombies I see? <laughs> oh, hopefully not from above. Hopefully, hopefully not. not. Above. Like yeah. parish, paratroop zombies. Yeah, yes. no good. <laughs> yeah, paratrooping zombies. That's just bad all the way around. No. That needs to actually be able to do a campaign. It's just a zombie drop from a dragon. Just kind of like oh, kind of yes. shoving them off. Oh, just a necromancer with a hot air balloon. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just, I'm just pushing this. them off the top of the flying tarasque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's what <laughs> there we, we need. Go. That's exactly what we need. What's that happening, Willa Jack? <laughs> All right. I'm picturing a retelling of Neverending Story. Yes. <laughs> so fly, Falcor, fly. <laughs> All right. So, Mary, could you please give us a little bit of a brief introduction for our fans who maybe don't know who you are? Just a little bit of who you are, what you do, that sort of thing. Sure, I can. So I love that you ask usually what is your in real life D&D class? I am actually a bard. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) And uh, so many skill points. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I'm a music teacher as well and a big nerd who uh, loves to play D&D. That's how my husband and I met. And he runs a lot of our games. But I'm going to have to do the headphone thing I was telling you earlier so I can hear me. Okay. But no, yeah, I'm a composer and a music teacher and a gamer. That's me. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, great. This is better now. I can hear me. (laughs) I was like, I'm talking in the bathtub again. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. We were talking a little bit before we got started about your noise canceling headphones and how it makes you sound like you're underwater. To me, to myself. Yes. No, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not good. But thank you guys so much for having me on the show and enjoying the music and using it in your podcast. I really appreciate thank you that. Again so very much. Yeah, I was really excited. I stumbled across your first album, I'm going to say 2013-ish, I think. It popped mm-hmm. up on my That's Pandora crazy. of all places. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And so, you know, I kind of, I followed your music through Pandora. And then as time and years went on, I mean, it was talking about, you know, setting up the podcast. I'm like, well, we need some intro music. And we were kind of going through it. And I'm just like, there's this person, Mary Krause. She has these great songs I love. And just off the off chance, I'm going to go see. And I was trying to find via your publisher and actually found you via Facebook and was mm-hmm. able to send off a message. And, you know, again, from there, everything, you know, was able to message and ask permissions for the song to use. And 
yeah, I was super excited that one, I could find you, two, that you replied, and three, even more that you said yes. It was just like, yay. Yay, I know. That's I can, I can hear was... the squee through the email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as the subject matter of your album suggests, your new album, I Have Missed You at My Table, you're fairly involved both as a songwriter and as a TTRPG nerd. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been involved in the two various spheres and when did they collide? Okay, they collided in 1997. I was actually looking that up. Um, (laughs) If you go to my website, I've got marycroll.com now to do it all right. But for a long time, it was known as magnusretail.com because that was my first kind of RPG style song. And I was like, this song, I'm going to sing it forever. And now I hardly ever perform it. <laughs> but it was inspired by, a, actually, it wasn't a D&D game, but it was an alchemist in a game called Palladium. I don't know if you guys have ever played Palladium. Uh, I've not played, but I'm familiar with it, yes. And the thing is, I don't know if that's true of all alchemists are just the ones that Wesley has as NPCs, but they will take all your money. And you'll be lucky to be able to like have a sword that you you know you colored purple or something because that counts as a magic weapon. That sounds like an alchemist. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I you know wrote the song and I was like, I'll just show it you know to my friends and they're like, oh, this is great. And they're like, hey, are you going to play an NPC in our next LARP? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how about being a bard and like you know play this song and like some other jazz songs? And I did. And they were like, this is pretty cool. And then I started actually. I'm like, hey, I bet I could write a a song about what just happened in this game. And then I did that. And then they were like, you know, if you write a song about somebody's book or their game or whatever, they're like all of a sudden, like, I'm a real person. You know, this is so there was a actually, I don't dare say what the game is because they still run it sometimes in Ifcus. But I wrote the Demon Blues and it's actually the plot line of the game. And the person was like, this is great. Don't ever sing this again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You gave everything away. And so, you know next time no spoilers i guess i don't know <laughs> that's great and I, I love how you talked about you know writing the song and making your characters come to life you know so many people look for artists to do like character prints or 3d models and that's a great way to bring it around but yeah i mean mm-hmm. even you know going back historical times you weren't real until a bard wrote a song about you you know and then you had made it so yeah i love that <laughs> even if yeah. it wasn't a very flattering song granted that i mean they're bards that happens more than all attention is good attention yeah Yeah, even even bad attention (laughs) i mean every now and then i'll do like a massacre Anne search you know and there apparently wasn't a massacre by someone named Anne at some point so i have to get rid of that part but um, it's very grim but some people have like made minis there was somebody who was playing some sort of battleship game and named their battleship massacre Anne, and you know and I think the other one was like City of Doors or something. So it was definitely a, a reference to the album. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a real person now. Yay. So thank you. You know, so it's cool. Admittedly, that is a great name for a battleship. That, that really you know, is a name for a battleship, yeah. It's pretty metal. Yeah. So I guess it, it literally is metal. But anyway. <laughs> so. so what was the impetus that you had for assembling your most recent album? Okay. So first of all, you know, I get the occasional message like, hey, when are you going to put out another gaming album? When's that going to happen? Because <laughs> I, I realize they're 10 years apart, but y'all should know there was another album in between called Scattering Seeds on the Pomegranate Tour. And that did have a couple of gaming songs, but that had all my mythological songs or, or a bunch of them. And I recorded it with Jeff Bonhoff, so same person. Um, so we were all like, yeah, let's do another album. And he's like, yeah, Mary, I've got about six projects ahead of you. Um, <laughs> so I was going to have to wait. And then I was also sort of like, hey, I don't actually have any gaming songs left that I don't have on some sort of album. So it's time to start writing stuff. And so in 2000, 
2019 in particular, I'm in a group called Soul Writers where we have like a weekly song prompt. And I'm like, is there a way to shoehorn a gaming reference into this prompt somehow? (laughs) And so I ended up writing a whole bunch. I did a concert that was almost all new stuff back in um, November of 2020, or sorry, not 21, 19, 2019. And then we had a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we actually had recorded all of that stuff back in December of 2019. And we were like, yeah, you know, this summer we'll go back and you'll do some harmonies and things like that. And then no, not so much actually. Then life happened. (laughs) Then life happened. Exactly. So yeah. And as far as you also maybe wanted to know why it was called what it is called. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've already heard this story, but go, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't. Like, you don't have to ask permission to just drop information. Yeah, no, yeah. We would gladly it. take it. I wrote so many essays based on all the stuff you've already asked. It's really funny. Okay, it's called "I Have Missed You at My Table," which, because I've capitalized the M, makes it look like it's maybe a religious reference, and I really maybe am regretting that a little bit, but that's okay. You know, but it is actually specifically a song I wrote after I'd done that first big recording and we were starting to maybe come out of the pandemic a little bit. What was they, they called it hot facts summer. You know, I was like, oh, we're going <laughs> to get to see people again. And then we didn't, I mean, not for long, but I wrote a song called, it was just called gaming after the pandemic. So a little on the nose and Wesley's like, why don't you call it after your first line? I have missed you at my table. And this whole time I'd been like, I have no idea what I'm going to call this gaming album. You know, I've collected all these songs. I mean, I hope they're sort of connected. What am I going to call them? And then I have missed you at my table to name a CD that has been languishing and gaming has been languishing. Like, And when you listen to the words, it's talking about virtual gaming. You do get to do that. But, yeah. oh, it'd be so nice to actually, you know, put the dice in the dice jail and, like, yeah. you know, smell the dry erase marker <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, no, it's the technology that has come up with the Zoom and, and different things. Roll20, the different virtual gamings have been great and a good way to keep connected, but it is definitely not the same. Mm-mm. As plus the drinks and the snacks and the table and actually throwing dice at people and <laughs> yeah and again there's that little tiny infinitesimal delay when you're talking back and forth that sometimes gets worse and I don't know that messes with the timing a little bit of, of how the conversation works at the it table can, yeah. too sometimes it's gotten better like you said yeah I know whenever I'm at a table as a player. Mm-hmm. my volume gradually increases until I realize I'm nearly shouting at the table and I <laughs> drop it. And <laughs> and just because of the feel of a virtual game, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there, maybe you're behind a webcam, maybe you're just looking at a digital map and just mm-hmm. moving your token across. It just doesn't have the same feel. It, no. it really doesn't. So, you, you know, you don't get this sort of back and forth banter and the jokes and everything going on. It is a completely different experience. It's still the game, but it's not right. the game. Yeah. I mean, how many jokes have been picked up or tossed around because someone had muttered something under their breath and you caught it and you missed that so much on webcam, you know, it's like, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, we're running with that. Let's go. (laughs) True. So a lot of your songs are character based. We've got, you know, Agatha Crane. We've got Massacre Ant from Acolytes of the Machine. Scurvy Skeevy. uh, Skeevy. I just remember Skeevy. I love that one with a life and for a lot. But that's one of my favorites. Shifty Screevy. Yes. So what other characters have made it to your songs or have any of your songs made it from the song to the table. Okay. 
So the screevy thing you mentioned, you know, that wasn't in the little essay I prepped ahead of time, but that's okay. So Shifty Screevy came out of stories that my kid and I would tell in the car back and forth to each other. And then we liked Shifty and all the little brothers that we invented for him so much that I wrote the song. But also, I put it in my D&D campaign. Well, Wesley liked it so much, especially after somebody did some art of it, that he ended up putting Nip and Tuck in his campaign. And as a result, I have gotten to play Temple Scravy, who has a song in this album, actually two songs in this album. They're variations of the same song. So she is a little were-rat that's trying to do her best on this ship, and she's making friends and enemies and all that kind of stuff. And I was going to say, there's been a bit of back and forth. You know, I have a character, Moxie, that we named our band after, but I named it after a song somebody else wrote. And then they ended up writing a comic book thing based on Moxie. So it's all really um, recursive. Is maybe that the word I want? Everything is very recursive, isn't it? It's just... Agatha Crane is actually from Mansions of Madness, second edition, but also uh, I think Arkham Asylum as well. So she's a board game character, but I'm always like, Agatha's mine. I'm playing her. (laughs) And then Wesley, yeah, she's yoink. I love her. Well, she can turn her horror into clues. Right. So anytime she makes a horror check, she gets to turn it into a clue. And I love that. Well, I played a wizard based on her in Wesley's yellow sign campaign. So, you know. She's there too. I'm trying to think of anything started as a song and went to the table. I'm not sure. I'm going to think of this later. You okay. know, <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah, well, later on. That's, like, oh, that's just the way it works. Yeah, uh, we always have at least one thing that Ian and I will be doing an interview or a thing about Wednesday or, or Tuesday before post. Like, it was this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be yeah. in the middle of editing and it'll click. And then I just send James this message in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys like put that in the show notes? Like, <laughs> like the appendix to the show notes? Sometimes we Sometimes. have some, Sometimes. some extra notes, depending on how important it was or whether it was just one of those things that we were just going back and forth. Like it was on the tip of my tongue and I just couldn't get it. It's like, give it a day. It'll be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do also have to note that in Agatha Crane, I loved the fact that, that you did a knock knock joke with Cthulhu. Yes. <laughs> That's what that was the note that got me like, okay, now I'm in the mood to, to listen to the rest of this album. It's Cthulhu like 16 who? songs. Yeah, Cthulhu. Yeah. It's got 16 songs. I kept adding songs. That was the problem. The other problem with the pandemic dragging out. I'm like, oh, can we do this one too? Yeah, it was a very full album, which is great. I mean, you buy an album and you get like a short album. It's like, oh, this one is a very, very full album. There's yeah. a lot that you get with it. So yeah, I'm actually wow. looking forward. I, I, I went ahead, I pre-ordered. So I've got my digital. I'm waiting for my physical copy again. But I'm like, yay. It is shipped. It is on the Excellent. way. So yeah. Okay. I can give you a shipping numbers later. <laughs> So again, your evil dice tango too, that is definitely something that you had enough in there that that wasn't just, hey, I'm going to make up some stuff. Those were some heartfelt lyrics in there, things that definitely happened to our character. So what were some other really, really bad dice rolls you may have had? Okay, first of all, the evil dice song, the lyrics themselves, it was conceived by Ian Badco. He's one of my patrons on Patreon and is like, I want to write a song with you. I'm like, that's cool. I will. He's a really good poet. And so I'd done some work, like I tweaked some lines, I added some stuff. So I kind of give us 
some co-writing on that, but it's mainly Ian's song. And I actually emailed him when I got the questions. I was like, yo, Ian, what's up? Um, and he says, no, it just seemed like something that would have happened to some characters. And I was kind of bummed too, but I will tell you, I have played characters a lot like the half-elven assassin. Like she resonates with me pretty strongly. And so I enjoyed doing them. And his song also makes me want to play a barbarian now, or maybe Gobby. I might want to yeah. play the goblin, actually. <laughs> the yeah. goblin got the better end of that uh, encounter, I think. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, Tales of Woe, I am trying to think. You know, it's funny. I can remember other people's Tales of Woe. <laughs> I can remember our kiddo gaming at the table and rolling their teleport check. And, you know, we're going to just, yep, yeah, it's close enough. And then our friend Sean going, wait. No, no, <laughs> you didn't go where you meant to. Let's roll to see where you went. I'm like, no, I don't go with it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so we rolled and they were like a hundred miles Oops. in the wrong direction. <laughs> and they're like, oh no, oh no, well, I got one more teleport spell. I'll do this. They messed it up again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then they ended up in a cave and I'm like, so, and they were playing like this little otter character called a moople. So I had them like see glowing eyes. Hello, little moople. <laughs> Welcome to my cave. Oh, and they're like, oh God, oh God, wait, I think I have another teleport. <laughs> and then I'm like, are you sure you have another teleport? But they did. And oh, they ended okay. up in a tray and I made the rest of the party go on the next adventure to go rescue them. They were 300 miles north of where they were supposed to be. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I still think the favorite natural one that I've ever had at my table was actually with a character that James was playing. It was a one shot that I was running with a bunch of first level characters in 3.5. Basically it was a slave escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's run those before. Too. And he was playing a dwarf paladin mm-hmm. named Dougal Copperpot that I yes. had rolled up for him. And as they were leaving, they had managed to escape out of the mountain and he <laughs> He rolled a natural one on his, it was either a balance or a climb check. It was a climb and check, then, yeah. And then he trips and he face plants and he skids down the side of the mountain on his face. Oh, God. I, I end the campaign with one hit point. He oh, off God. to the bottom of the mountain with one hit point. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, climb check in the mountains. Good. Rocky, Rocky Dwarf, I got this. Yeah. Nope. No. I am picturing this very cartoonishly, you know, with like the snow and there's like a dwarf shape just, you know, yeah. face planted down in the snow. You get to like the old uh, goofy, the yahoo, as he tumbles down the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So this was one of mine. Um, what did happen to the fourth pony in the pony song? Yes. There's a little part of me that wants to go, if I told you, I'd have to kill you, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so that's what happened? You told the pony? <laughs> no. Uh, actually, okay. I have five different answers because I asked the internet and also Wesley had one. Sean Collins says, eloped with a unicorn. Okay. Two, Del Christie says, and it, for a lot of people thought that this pony's female. I don't know why. She went off to become part of the dog and pony show in, there's a song called Three's Rev, where it's basically, it's about like a, you know, management or marketing or something like that, which I'll have to go listen. Filk Ferengi says that she ran and hid behind Job the Armored Donkey in Rhiannon Lark's song. I don't know if you're familiar with Rhiannon's Lark, but she writes a lot of gaming songs. And the gist of it is this donkey and her song ended up being the hero, like was way more powerful than any of the players. (laughs) And so they would just all like armor up Job and buy lots of armor for Job and then just 
hide behind this donkey (laughs) and like push it ahead of their gaming group. (laughs) So that's probably one of my favorites. I probably have a favorite answer. Paul Lanou suggests she's still dancing with a a polka pony and then sent me a link so I could watch it on YouTube. And then Wesley decided to go deep geek and says, the pony wandered into the intro to module X2 to die with a mule in the mists. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the Castle Amber situation, but there's this part where apparently the players wake and they're surrounded by mists and there's a rope going into the mist that was their donkey. And when they pull it back, the donkey is dead, you know, in a horrible fashion. (laughs) I was like, you're right. I wrote this song, Wesley. (laughs) Was the pony named Artax? Wait, no, I don't. Artax is the horse that dies in the Swamp of Sorrow. No, but um, <laughs> please put that in the show. Like yeah. that. Make it a song. <laughs> the doctor is looking for a pen. <laughs> so again, you do have the prior album, uh, mm-hmm. Acolytes of the Machine. What can you tell us about that previous album that's different than this one or things that went through? Any, oh, God, any good stories? That, I mean, it's different. a bit older, but it's been a little while. Hmm. I think that one had fewer what I would call metagaming songs. You know, it has M is for Magic Missile and I put my low stat and also Opportunity Tango, which is a song I basically wrote to teach myself how to deal with attacks of opportunity because, (laughs) oh my God. Yeah, those are some monkey rules. So this one has a lot more songs, I think, from the DM's perspective. There's like, what shall I do with my players? What's the DM going to do? Which is a little more autobiographical than it ought to be. Anyway, um... (laughs) What's the DM gonna do when half the players show? Play well anyway. campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think of what else is different about it. I think some of the songs are shorter too. A lot yeah. of them are like, I have gotten what I want to say with this song, you know, why did you roll your dice like that? I think it's like two and a half minutes. So yeah. some of the songs are shorter. Even there's a lot of them. Um okay. but a lot of characters, you know, a lot of meta. I mean, you yeah, know. that was obviously when my introduction to your music that popped up on my Pandora. It was, you know, I just loved some of the stories you had in there. I did like the meta stuff. I was like, okay, I can kind of, you know, and it was catchy, you know, and same with this. A lot of these songs are kind of catchy. You list them as jazz to me because I, I have no idea to tell genre of music, but they kind of have a little bit of a rockabilly feel to me too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that upbeat and definitely with the more of the, the instrumental to things. So yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I can bop to this. <laughs> Actually, that is the hardest part of when you're turning your music in, you know, to Apple Music or CD Baby, they'll be like, what style do you write in? And I'm like, style? Singular? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because again, it's very focused on the words. I'd almost say it's a bit of musical theater in some ways. I see that, yeah. And, but you're right. There's a lot of rockability. Uh, some of that is... I mean, I did write more of that, but also, you know, Jeff also influences the styles. For instance, if you listen to I Put My Low Stat when I play it live, it sounds like a little cute little ragtime song, but it's this like Zydeco funk (laughs) on the album. And he was actually not sure if I was going to like it. And I actually had to decide, like, do I like this? And I'm like, no, I love it. Um, (laughs) But it took a moment because I had to reimagine, you know, you have what your work of art, whatever that is, is supposed to be. And then when you collaborate with somebody... Like you guys do with the podcast, it changes it. It becomes something that's not you or the other person, but something completely different. And it's really yeah. wonderful. So I don't know if I answered the original question. I hope I did, but yeah. okay. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, I was going to make a pariah reference about Rupus view, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So we happen to have a friend who is quite notorious for uh, breaking out into song 
at the drop of a pin to the point mm-hmm. where we have a drinking game where <laughs> if she breaks out into show tunes, everyone has to drink. Aaron, if you're listening to this, we're sorry, but we're not sorry. And we love you. Yes, Please don't yeah. change ever. <laughs> Never, ever. Oh. Aaron, I'm stealing this <laughs> from my own table. Uh, we have three of us that do this. Uh, Sean, this is the same Sean that got my kiddo like teleported away. And our friend Ryan will all do that. And it's the same song. Like you hear what phrase and you're like, oh, I know what that is. You know, and yeah. we'll be in harmony with each other. It's great. That's awesome. That is awesome. That'd be a lot of fun to interact with. I mean, and that's always fun to the table too. And again, I am a huge fan of having music and sound and interaction at the table. So yeah, and the fact that you all three can harmonize and key in on the same song, that's just stellar. I mean, you don't have the bard, you have the whole band just pop up and bam. Mm-hmm. That's the bard campaign, James. Yeah, I, that would be a, definitely need to run a bard campaign. But yeah, on the list of... Uh, We've played in the cleric campaign, but yeah. now we have to do a bard campaign. Campaign. Because bards can heal. So, well, I mean, in fifth edition, there's a lot more healing involved. Yeah. Yeah. Available for everybody now. I like that. Bards in fifth edition are a lot more functional than they were in second or third. They sure are. Third edition bards were rough. (laughs) Well, Wesley took the virtuoso from the Song of Silence and basically Mm -hmm. just smacked it on top of bards and said, You get this too. (laughs) And that made it viable. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. The 3.5 bard. If you survive to about level 10, you were mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. I think that's like that, any part in real life. <laughs> it was like the surviving to level 10 that was the problem. If you mm-hmm. can survive your first five years as a musician. <laughs> They'll tell you you're old and get out of the industry. No, oh, oh, oh. No, no, If you were trying to like, you know, I don't know, get a record deal or something like yeah. that. So we're not. That also probably depends on genre, too, because, you know, if you're trying to be a pop singer, then yeah. If you're trying to do something like Americana or blues, you could probably get away with it. Well, I mean, everybody still loves Elton John, but I I use the exception and not the rule. I fully understand that, too. But Elton John's kind of, (laughs) yeah. So do you have any other big projects that you're planning in the works? Are you just kind of basking in the glow of this one and taking a break for a bit? Or what is your next? Okay, what is my next thing? (laughs) Okay, one thing is once you've released the album, you have to do the thing where you go tell people, hey, go buy that album. And so there's quite a bit of that. And I'm having to relearn how to do that because I haven't done one of these in five years. And I didn't do a Kickstarter for this one. So it's very much like, oh, yeah, I should send an email to people and tell them, hey, it's there. But as far as other projects in the works, I do. Right now, I am writing a musical podcast. I guess you'd call it. It's going to have episodes with two authors, C.S.E. Cooney and Tina Connolly. And it is sort of a Faustian style story with musicians selling their souls for a chance at being amazing and then trying to get out of the deal and find love. And it gives us a chance to like write for, you know, a vampire and the Phantom of the Opera and then somebody who's alive right now and they're trying to get them. And and it's really neat. It's we're going to get um, some Warlock Bard multiclassing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Actually, uh, Claire, CSE Cooney, was just writing a blog post about how she'd been listening to Critical Role and is finally kind of getting into the gaming um, because she is somebody who likes to watch a game a few times as opposed to diving in. 
let's see. And the other thing is, in fact, I was just doing edits for it. Um, arranging a waltz for our local wind ensemble. We're oh. going to be playing this waltz for like a 200th anniversary of one of our local uh, two-year colleges. And also Jeff and I are getting ready for another project. It's probably not going to be gaming specifically, but it will have gaming songs on it because I write a lot of them. But we're already kind of collecting songs for that. So I've got several stuff. Awesome. Very exciting. And I have one more question that you suggested, but it wasn't in the main list. Okay. And it is, would you like to plug your friend's works? (laughs) Why, yes, I would. (laughs) Um, Jeff and Maya Bonhoff are a duo. And Jeff is, of course, that's, it's his studio. And she sings a lot of the harmonies on my albums, but they have an album called Labyrinth coming out. And there's, if you get on Bandcamp, they've got a, a really gorgeous track from it called In the Deep Lunacy, which I didn't recognize was lunacy (laughs) and it's up on bank camp amy is the one who plays fiddle on the two tunes that have fiddle on this album but also on acolytes of the machine she and sunny both play fiddle but amy's band the tools has about three days left of their kickstarter and so it's tools with a t-o-o-l-e-s and they write rollicking songs about whiskey and uh finally betsy tenney is our cello player on tiniest bit of the powder which is the one non-gaming song on this album and she has an album called luminous that is out so Very nice. all right i talked awesome. a while <laughs> no that's great thank anyway. you oh you're welcome thank you it looks like i think that's all the questions unless y'all had some more yeah no that wrapped up most of our questions i think so yay we even jumped the gun a bit because we usually do that plug your friends thing at the end but whatever yeah no we're good yeah Lots of bugs. All the bugs. <laughs> okay. Well, also, it's like I thought we were we were done with the questions. So I wanted to make sure and answer yeah. it. No, no, no <laughs> that's perfect. So, sorry. No, 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 well. It's better than forgetting to do it. So yes, right. Definitely. That's yeah. part of the terror. I was like, yeah. Do y'all have anything you want to plug? And then I don't plug it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. All right. So since we appear to be at the end of our interview, one of the things that we love to do with our guests is to roll some dice on our random generator table in a segment we call Monster Mashup. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) So if you are game and have some dice available. Hang on. But yes. I'm going to hide my video here for a second while I go get dice. Uh, well, all right. No, I'm not. I'm just going to go get dice. Hang on. Okay. Yay, dice. All, always, always the search. As I Ooh. do a little jig while we... This isn't going to make sense to anybody who listens anybody. to the podcast. Right. So those on audio, Dr. Mary has gone to acquire her dice, and Ian and I are doing our best show tunes. We need the old, like, Simpsons technical difficulties with the with the music in the background. <laughs> Let's the all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. We have like six dice bags of dice in there, and that's not even all the dice. There's a bunch downstairs, too. (laughs) Wesley's making poured resin dice tables. Oh, awesome. That's what he's doing. Cool. It is. It's very cool. Yeah, I like that that resin pouring is becoming a popular trend. That makes me happy. He's like, I will imprison all your dice in amber. (laughs) No longer shall they live. It's what we need to do with the dice instead of the dice jail. We're just like, I'm sorry. You're going in the table. Freezing overnight. Just got a Han Solo die. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get started with a D4 roll for locomotion. One. One. It flies. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Next is a D6 roll. What does it eat? Three. Insects slash vermin. Okay. So far, okay. 
You've got like maybe a bat or some sort of bird type thing, maybe flying lizard. Yeah. Please, a flying lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Those little mini pseudo dragons. Yes, that'd be awesome yeah. with the frills. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Next up is a D8 roll for size. D8. Six. Six. It's huge. <sighs> okay. So, so okay. this is where we start stretching. Very hard. <laughs> this is where we start stretching the definition of vermin. And again, vermin can be anything from like rats to, you know, roving bands of goblins and or kobolds. To, Wallabies. You know, those, no. Those, yeah. Those pesky adventurers that keep infiltrating your cave. <laughs> also keep in mind that this is D&D. So things like onkegs and umber hulks are technically insects. So are the formics. Yeah, so are the formians. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So are like, you know, giant centipedes. Yes. So again, this does give us some more wiggle room, but okay. Nothing too horrifying yet. <laughs> uh, next is another D8 roll for social organization. Okay. Ooh, this is a cool looking one. Five. Five? Yes. Uh, pack three to ten individuals. Okay. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> So again, we've got this beefy flying thing, perhaps possibly some sort of flying lizard that eats large insects. So we're getting like our Jurassic Park dinosaur campaign mm -hmm. kind of rounded out. Yes, this is spawned from Chult. Speaking of wrapping things in amber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of putting things in amber. That's right. <laughs> I mean, life finds a way. So. That's right. Okay. So summon this one is... Jeff Goldblum. That's a ninth level spell. Yeah, that's the gate spell. You have to use gate to summon Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> So this is going to inform a great deal of what we end up with. Next is a D10 roll for native environment. Eight. Eight mountains. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the lizard so far is working. Yeah. Just don't go to the mountains, whatever you do. Yeah. The mountains of madness. For, okay. So for the Morrowind players out there, these are cliff racers. Ooh, nice. Yes. Um, I haven't played Morrowind in forever. Wow. I haven't played it, yeah. Okay, so well, cliff, well racers, cliff racers are these sort of pterodactyl-looking creatures. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can picture and that, they're, yes. They're super annoying because they fly around everywhere and they keep you from fast traveling. And they've actually soft-written into lore that the character that's there when you wake up at the beginning of the game, his name is Jib, J-I-U-B. And he is now referred to as Saint Jib because he went around and killed all the cliff racers. And that's why cliff <laughs> racers haven't appeared in any later Elder Scrolls games. But also Rax, right? From Borderlands. Those okay. are kind of lizardy, flying, big nuisance. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to be commenting, those are not Rax. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, next is a D12 roll for method of defense. Five. Five? Mm -hmm. Burning chemical farts slash spray, a la stink bugs or skunks. These are the worst pigeons ever. <laughs> Please send me the stats on this, and I will use them on Wesley next time I run. Awesome. So yeah, I could see this as kind of like where the animals, that if they eat things, they pick up like some of the toxins and stuff. Maybe this eats enough insects. And this is what it uses as it flies over and to kind of chew through the carapace. Mm -hmm. And then to attack. So this is like a natural thing that kind of evolved. Whether it sprays from the back or the front, we can leave that for discussion. It's like going back to talking about Jurassic Park. The little ones that spit acid. Yeah, the yeah. Dolphosaurus. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I love it. And I think really if we turn this into part of their natural feeding where it can break down chitin armor, so it's going to act like a combination acid slash poison breath weapon for a dragon kind of? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this can definitely be some sort of lesser dragon kin. Okay. uh, Sort of in the vein of drakes and wyverns. Yeah, I like where that's going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely have to I mean, have because it is huge sized. Right. And I mean, it could be, we'll have to see where our quirks and our weirdnesses take us, but <laughs> it could be the result of like some sort of magical experimentation, you know, sort Very of possible, like yeah. owl bears, you know, okay. yeah. where a wizard got bored and just decided, hey, can I take these two things and smash them together? I like it. Okay. So next up is a D20 roll for quirks. 12. 12. Okay, we've had this one a couple of times before, but I like it. Dodecachromats, so mantis shrimp eyes, allow it to see extra spectra, magical auras, see-through invisibility, etc. Okay, so definitely getting that really good, strong dragon can feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most dragons dragon. have true sight. Right. So they can like see people who are invisible and see through illusions and things like that. So Right. And again, if they're going for insects and burrowing critters and things like that, that would help them kind of like be able to pounce and pull them up out of the earth and things like that. Well, it would also help them be able at a glance from a long distance to pick out the insect from the rock that looks like the insect sitting insect. next to yeah. it. Yeah, right. So does it get to have more than one of those? Like, I mean, is there a chance of also maybe getting a fear effect or something like a dragon does? Potentially. Dragon fear? Potentially. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I mean this. I'm happy to roll again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting to that. Yes. <laughs> but just the fact that it's a huge size creature. So that means that it's between 15 and 30 feet. Right. It's this flying lizard that's like 20, 25 feet wingspan that spits acid. That's pretty terrifying. <laughs> I would not be opposed to giving this thing some sort of fear effect. Yeah. But it's not magical. It's just like very practical fear. Yeah. Like no. you should be afraid of that. Oh, the dragon. Fear. This is a perfectly justifiable fear. <laughs> yes. Well, at least in fifth edition, the dragon's fear effect is not magical. Oh, really? It is a natural yeah. ability. Just like yeah. their okay. breath weapon isn't magical. That when we did our March Madness thing, that is one of those neat things that popped up. We learned we're like, oh. Well, then, yeah, no, it's real fire, not magic fire. <laughs> yeah, this is not a cone of cold. No, this is pure freezing cold coming from this mm-hmm. white dragon. You should be afraid. Yes. Okay, so now we make it weird. Yeah, these are the Ooh. I need a D100 roll, please. All right. Percentile is okay. Yeah. Like if I do yeah. two percent. Okay. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Because I don't have a D100 actually in here, so. It is deficient. Ah. Okay. So, got... Okay, you're gone forever. Nope, nope, here you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we got the 10s and we got the 1s. Here we go. Right, we have 25. 25. 25. Interesting. Wields a crude, appropriately sized weapon. Hmm. It can use tools. It has a yeah. tree. Yeah, it uses a tree for a club or a mini spear, depending on the type of tree. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, using tools definitely denotes intelligence. It could be akin to like the chimpanzees with the reeds to fish out the insects from the burrows. Yeah. Okay. Or if it's modern day, maybe they take your satellite dish or something. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <Scoop, So. scoop. laughs> 
No, I like it. So yeah, this also with the innate intelligence definitely leads to some sort of dragon can. Now I'm going to bring this up. This isn't someone normally asked, but is this thing going to be colorful or camouflaged or chromatic or metallic? Ah. It's in the mountains, I almost want to make it like bright, like a parrot personally, but I could see it. I mean, it's large. It's going after insects. So camouflage isn't necessarily going to be super important for it. Right. Um, hmm. Insects in the mountains. So maybe not too high in the mountains, right? Right. And well, it, again, it, too, if it's some of the larger insects, too, you know, again. Okay, so, that's you'd mentioned those earlier, too. Yeah. And it could be one of those things where, because I had mentioned briefly the prospect of it being engineered. You're right. Mm-hmm. What if it has actually been engineered by a dragon as basically pest control for its horde? Okay. So it eats that. things like rust monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. So at this point, are we looking at a good dragon or an evil dragon to do this? Well, I think both red and gold dragons lair in mountains. Mountains, yes. White dragons will lair in frozen mountains. Right. But white dragons tend to be less intelligent, too. They're more bestial, yeah. so I don't think. So I don't like going that particular route. And also, cold does not lend itself well to insects. Yeah. Right. That's what I was concerned about earlier. I'm liking yeah. red or gold. Now, again. Um, but also copper dragons, because copper dragons like foothills. Granted, yes. And uh, copper dragons have a poison breath weapon. Yes. And copper dragons tend to be a bit more mischievous. Actually, no, they have an acid breath weapon. That's right. Yes. Because green dragons have the poison have breath the poison. weapon. Because um, we were talking, whenever we were talking about verdigree, yeah. our copper versus green, green. dragon dichotomy going on yeah so that would already have that sort of acid breath base to go with it would imply a certain nefarious nature to this normally chaotic good dragon that it is experimenting with its own clutch possibly to make these lesser docile creatures that or possibly a red had somehow gotten hold of a copper dragon's clutch mm. yeah i was gonna say it doesn't have to experiment oh, with its yeah. own clutch. Oh, yeah, that... so yeah definitely red or copper definitely goes either direction on that one yeah i like that all right so a red dragon that stole a copper dragon's clutch yeah i like that okay. i like that as a base and so okay. it's gonna have sort of that ruddy copper colored scale look which would okay. help it blend in with you know, the rocky mountainside. Again, we can give it some of that verdigree patina to it as well. So it has some of those greens that model through, which would also give it some camouflage and kind of denote its shifting alignment one way or the other as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like okay. that. All right. Yeah. So because we like chaos and we can never leave well enough alone. This is true. <laughs> James, do you want to roll the second time or do you want me to roll the second time? I actually got my dice out this time. So let me All right. see what we get. I've got my good golden lapis die today. Nice. I rolled a three. It's not a hot die. It's just a pretty one. <laughs> Is that a three on a D100? Did oh, you roll? Sorry. Oh, I rolled the D20. My apologies. Let me go ahead and do my percentile die. Five. I was looking at the list and I was hoping that you wouldn't roll a five, but here we are. Um, Spitz yeah, napalm. Oh my. <laughs> that, yep. Yeah, it's definitely ready copper. <laughs> Okay. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So that means that it either has a second breath weapon or it's got a fire breath weapon that is sticky. Here's what I'm thinking. It has this acid poison gloop spray, kind of like the Dilophosaurus, which reacts with the oxygen in the air and combusts. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Because I had a picture 
of like the alien from Aliens okay. opening its mouth and that has another oh, mouth that'd inside. that'd be a great idea too. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I can, I'm picking up I what you're putting down. Yeah. So the first bite goes and tears through the carapace or the armor or whatever. And then the second one comes out and shoots a smaller jet. And it could be like maybe a five or 10 foot line that shoots out from that secondary mm-hmm. mouth. So maybe a 30 foot cone on the acid poison spray and then a 10 foot line on the secondary bite. Possibly. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. kind of a, because they have that acid spray, mm-hmm. it's going to coat and it's going to start dissolving through and then they bite and latch on. And then sort of have this second mouth that sort of burrows through that dissolving carapace to start, you know, slurping out. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So the first bite would have a damage and then a grapple or restrained effect. Yeah. And then a secondary, you know, if you don't break the grapple, then you're getting the secondary damage. No, I like it. Oh, wow. This is a nightmare. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) These creatures tend to turn into somewhat a nightmare fuel most of the time. Most of the time. We haven't had buttflies yet. No buttflies so far. <laughs> and here I was thinking we would I actually mean, get away with small mercy. No, here I was thinking we would get away with not mentioning buttflies at all this week. Get mentioned at least once. <laughs> James is convinced. He's bound and determined to put buttflies in here one of these days. All, all, all it's going to require no. is a burrowing monster and the right guest. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just going. Yes. <laughs> Dodged the bot fly. Although it does fly, so... So, now for the hard part. Let me recap first. Okay. Let me recap what we got. Okay. So, it flies. It feeds on insects slash vermin. It is huge in size. It congregates in packs of three to ten. It lives in the mountains. It has burning chemical farts slash spray. It has dodecachromats, which let it see in additional spectra. It carries a crude weapon appropriate for its size, and it spits napalm. So the difficult question James was alluding to is, uh, what do we call it? I have a question. On the weapon, could it be a hollowed tree trunk that it uses as a straw to eat its victims after it's dissolved them? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It could actually okay. just use, I mean, if we're, if we're giving it that secondary jaw with the burn effect, they could easily core out a trunk with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it might even use it kind of like a thumper to try and draw stuff up yeah. to the Ooh, surface. Just... Yeah. And again, if we were if we were playing fast and loose with the definition of vermin, because we determined that this was created by a red dragon, giants are vermin a dragon. <laughs> you have the whole giant war. That is true. That is very true. So you end up also having things like Bahirs, which are Mm -hmm. created by giants to fight dragons. You have things like the Remoraz, which Mm -hmm. is something that frost giants have tamed for fighting white dragons. Yeah, there are definitely things there that we can work with. Yeah, so I was thinking something like Giant's Bane or like some some sort of Bane. Again, this isn't a happy, fluffy creature. This one's definitely a bit more hostile. I was looking up French for anteater. It looks like if you say it right, it's familier. Familier. That's close enough to familiar. I, I like it. Yeah. It also looks pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a weirdest. It's got some nice L's and R's in right, okay. right places. So, But it doesn't have to be that. I just noticed that. Um, I kind of want the name to denote the purpose. Gotcha. True. Because if we're going this way, it was created 
to basically act as pest control to keep things from getting into this dragon's horde. I'm trying so, to look up for names of corroded coppers. I mean, obviously there's Verdigree, but we can't use right. that one. Why not? Well, we could, but it's the name of the town. Are we going to drop one of these in Verdigree? This can exist independent of our town, James. Yes, it can. <laughs> we can name it after a town? We can call it Watumpka. <laughs> what is Watumpka? It is a town in Alabama to the south near Montgomery. It could be Watumpka. That sounds like a good thumping name of something. I could see it being called, especially if it has a hollow tree, so it's thumping it. A Watumpka. A Watumpker. I don't know. I think this is terrible. No, y'all keep going with names. I, I'm not married to this name. <laughs> we can have other names. I mean, like, again, when you were saying suggests what it does, I mean, like, you know, like as a gardener or a pest control or something like that. Seven dust. Do you want a name that sounds more benign than it actually is? That everybody's like, oh, it's a flying gardener. That can't be bad. <laughs> you know, and then like, or do you want something that sounds as terrifying as this thing is? That's what I'm It would depend on how hostile it would be to the people of, of the surrounding areas, because they're going to be the ones that's naming it. But if it's not going after... Anything that's coming after this dragon's horde is probably considered vermin. Yeah. So it's probably pretty hostile to anything that would come into where this dragon is layered up. Let's look up names of pesticides. Oh, I like that. That's a great idea. Roundup Prowl, Dual Orspin, Orthene. Orthene's kind of a cool name. An Orthene Drake? Yeah, an Ortho Drake. I like that. Ortho Drake, yeah. That has potential. Ortho Drake sounds very... That evokes that, the dragonness. And with Ortho Drake, Ortho also gives you that sort of connection like Orthodontist. Right, it's very toothy. Where it has a mouth inside of a mouth, all them teeth. Yeah, no, I'm like an Ortho Drake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like Orthodrake. Okay. So we have settled on a name. Yes. (laughs) Hooray. Yay. This is the part of the show where we would normally ask you to give a shout out, but since you have already done that. Unless you have more plugs, you have have one or two more you want to throw out. If you want to shout out anybody else, if you have anyone else, we'll give you some bonus shout outs. (laughs) I do not. Oh, no, 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 I do. I do. I do. Leslie Hudson just had a successful Kickstarter and she has an album that's going to be coming soon called Redhead Reset. Okay. So there you Excellent. go. Excellent. Huzzah. Yes. And she is. Yay. I had another one. <laughs> All cool. right. And finally, before we sign off, we like to give you the floor to plug yourself, where we can find you, where we can find your work, where we can buy your album. <laughs> you know, because we did invite you on here to talk about your album. <laughs> okay. I am Mary Kroll, a singer-songwriter who also teaches, but the part that's important here is that I'm a singer-songwriter who games. (laughs) Again, I mentioned my website is Magnus Retail, but honestly, just do marykroll.com and you will find it. It is fine. I have a Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com and go to Dr. Mary C. Kroll, that C in the middle is important. So there's going to be a double C right together and it's going to look weird. But Dr. Mary C. Kroll, I'm on Patreon. And I also am on Bandcamp, and I have a lot of albums on Bandcamp. Some of them are through Patreon. Some of them are studio albums like this one, which is I Have Missed You at My Table. And yeah, you don't have to pre-order anymore. It's it's ready. Mm-hmm. And if you order it on Bandcamp, you can either just get the digital or you can get the physical copy and the digital with it, which is awesome. Yes. Okay. I think that's probably... Oh, and I'm Dr. Mary Seacroll on Twitter as well. So I try to keep it consistent if I can. Excellent. So and, cool. And the nice thing is I don't have to add anything to the show notes because all that was already in there. 
Yay! <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, they, well, because yay. we have because we have to credit you with our intro. Music. Yes. So. Okay. If do you actually want my typed up list of answers to your questions as well, or are you just? <laughs> nah. Okay. Good. I'm going to post that to my Patreon then. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, so yeah, I think I'm good. Well, Mary, thank you so very much for finally coming on and joining us for thank Undercommon you. Days. It's been a blast. It has been. It has been so much fun. I also love that game you guys, I got to play with you a while back. Yeah, that we're, was our, I think we were play testing. Yeah. Yeah, that was our one-year anniversary for our Traskmas. Yeah. When is your next one-year anniversary? Well, our, our, our I next, guess your second. Yeah. Our next game is going to be somewhere close to the end of August for our 100th mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. So okay. I am getting ready to start trying to assemble a party for that. Cool. That's going to be fun to see. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to be running it this time. So. Woohoo. Because <laughs> James ran the last one, so it's only fair that I take my turn. Yeah. Well, I had a great time in your game, James. Well, thank you. Yes. But, okay. Well, thank you all again so much for having me here. Yeah. This was fun. And thank everyone who is listening and watching. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas, send us an email at undercommontaste at gmail.com or send us a direct message through our Twitter account at UCT Homebrew. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. Just search Undercommon Taste. We are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Taste. That's where we put all of our write-ups. Our Ortho Drake will be up on our Patreon here in a week or so. So terrifying. It is. It is. <laughs> our last one was terrifying, too. We ended up calling yeah. it a Widowmaker. It was basically yeah. this, this dead tree thing that comes out and thwomps people in the <laughs> in the swamp it's great it was a very angry natural enemies yeah they're natural enemies oh they could be yeah, yeah i could see that anyway. because especially if the little maker had some hollow points to it yeah okay mm-hmm. i like it <laughs> if you've uh, this is your first I'm, time listening oh, i'm sorry I'm, yeah, I'm not done yet i jumped down one last thing one last thing. Our one last thing is we are also on Discord. And if you would like to come and talk to us, you can find the link to our Discord in our show notes. And we would love to have you come and chat with us. Yes. Now you can talk, James. Oh, are you sure? No, I'm yeah. going to wait now. Awkward silence. <laughs> no. If this is your first time finding our podcast, thank you and welcome. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, Podbean, and was it TuneIn now? TuneIn and Podchaser, yeah. Podchaser, yeah, we had a couple new ones. So please, as always, feel free to subscribe and give us a rating and review. This helps increase our invisibility and lets us know what you want to hear more of. So we actually have another interview this coming Friday. I'm blinking on the name, but it's Valiant Fox Games here to talk about their supplement that they're selling through their shop. And I apologize to them because I forgot to write any of that down. (laughs) I will apologize to their face on Friday. So that interview is going to be on Friday, June 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So come back to Twitch on Friday for our next interview. So stay safe, everyone, and we will see you on Friday. Happy gaming. Thank you for listening to another episode of Undercommon Taste. You can find links to all of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, as well as our Patreon and Discord channel in the show notes. Our theme song is Massacre Anne, written and performed by Mary Crowell and used with permission. You can find more of her work at marycrowell.bandcamp.com or on Patreon at patreon.com slash drmarycrowell. Our logo was illustrated by David Sutherland. You can find him on Instagram at willex underscore 73 or on DeviantArt at deviantart.com slash David Sutherland. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you again next week.